Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If you have a guy, to your point, that, I, that you really like and that you know that in the next, if you're a good scouting department, a good management group, you definitely get your scouts knowing what's out there two, three, and four years away. That's a big thing. If you think there's going to be a bad run like back in the day when Atlanta didn't take a quarterback three or four years ago, that was a bad two or three years of really trying to figure out. So if you're here now with some really good quarterbacks, that's when you have to really sit down and decide, is it best to trade back or is it best to get your guy now? Former Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov spent some time here in New England. You heard him there on the Patriots Talk podcast with Tommy Curran and Phil Perry. It's just a way to get into the Patriots and their approach at draft time. We've talked about it a lot. You know, Elliot Wolf, if he's running the show, Jeff Howe wrote over the weekend. And we spent time on this yesterday. Uh, get ready for a tackle at three. Which gets me thinking, are they actually taking a tackle? Or is this an indication that Elliot Wolf wants it known? He doesn't want a quarterback, but he's not really in charge, and the crafts are gonna meddle. What are the Patriots doing at the top of the draft? It's all a way to look at how they're going to be this year and what you actually expect out of the Patriots. I know it's early. They have a quarterback. They're still putting their coaching staff together. Free agency hasn't hit yet. But I think it's good to set a baseline. Like, what is acceptable for the Patriots this year? And I think this will celebrate people who are willing to cut them some slack with people who are just ready to go into an infinite rebuild. And you can jump in at 617-779-7937. Our big question of the day up now at Jones and Mego on Twitter. Uh, how many wins do you expect for the Patriots this year? We'll give you options if you want. Are they winning three or four? Are they winning four or five? Are they winning five or six? I'm sorry. Did I not even get it right? Yeah, three or four, five or six, seven or eight rather, and nine or ten. Uh, what's your expectation this year, Mego? Uh, before we know who the quarterback is, before we know what they've done, it's a blank slate. You can fill it in however you want. It could be a perfect plan in your mind. They could screw it up. How many wins is a reasonable expectation? What do you expect? I think a reasonable bar to set is five to six wins. Be slightly better than last year. Don't be as bad as you were this last season or worse. Like It's going to be a tough rebuild for all the different things that you're trying to do just with your roster in addition to overturning the entire coaching staff pretty much or just reshuffling into promoting the coaching staff. Like, it is a major undertaking. I think if you have five or six wins, 
and you have a rookie quarterback who you're developing, and they look like they're the guy, not a guy. They look like somebody who you're excited about, their development for the next several years, and it's hard to tell after one season, but for a lot of these guys these days in the NFL, you kind of know. Like, when you know, you know. And so I would say five to six is a realistic expectation. But again, that's all without seeing what they do in free agency or the draft. But you got a boatload of cash to spend, and you have a very high draft pick in the first round and a very high draft pick in the second round. So you shouldn't be as bad as you were this year record-wise. So I would be so disappointed if they won five or six games this year. Like, so disappointed and it would mean some of the things I'm already worried about are coming true. Gerard Mayo might not be the guy. Alex Van Pelt and Ben McAdoo are bum-ass hires that nobody wanted. Never mind their plan on defense, uh, meaning to try to win games on defense as opposed to offense, which is kind of how it looks to me sitting here now. If you're not taking that quarterback and you're really thinking about taking a tackle, are you trying to win games close and on defense? Arkan. Uh, what are your expectations for the Patriots this year? I wanted to say seven and eight. I really did because I think that should be where the bar is. I think that should be what they're looking at in terms of like internally to have realistic expectations of turning it around. They should be looking at a seven, eight win season on the high end. And that should be what they're sort of shooting for. And if you get more than that, great. But we're trying to really dig out from what should have been last year, rock bottom. I'm thinking we're going to get disappointed, Joe. I think this is going to be a disappointing year, and I just there's so much work to do on the offense. I think that they're going to have a hard time signing the free agents that they want. This is all very speculative because we don't even know which direction they're going to go in free agency, let alone where they're uh, okay, thinking about for the third we pick don't, in the draft yet. But just to jump in, they they said they're burning cash, so right. like they they claim they're spending. They said right? they want to do that, yeah. But I mean, you know, there's other teams out there with a lot of cap space. Houston Texans have a lot of cap space too. If they're competing with Houston, Houston may win some of those uh, some of those battles and it's just you know there's other teams you could say that about too some of the guys the Patriots want may want to take less to go somewhere and win you know these are the things that you haven't really thought about with this team in a while and I just think it's going to be hard so I'm I'm saying I what I, what I expect I want yeah. seven or eight what I expect is five or six okay I want nine or ten and I really don't think that's that hard to do but they better win seven or eight games. You don't think that's that hard to do? No, I don't. Jones, they were a bottom two offense th- this last okay. season. They were trash the year before, and they, they won eight games. They don't have a quarterback. Mego, they barely had a quarterback two years ago, and they won eight games. Mack was terrible with Patricia and Judge. Terrible coaching, bad roster, no talent, a bad quarterback. They won eight games. They should win seven or eight games. They should. They absolutely should this year. And if you really knock it out of the park... Wait, 7 and 8 or 9 and 10? Which one are you going with? So, no, no, well, I'm, I'm explaining. They should win 7 or 8. I want 9 or 10, but they should win 7 or 8 this year. They should double that win total. Moving on from Bill is the right move. I think just the absence of Bill is going to help you in some ways. Oh, Bill's going to cost you a win or two. No, he's not. Watch the way he's coached without Tom Brady his entire life, but specifically the last four years. And by the way, even if they win 5 or 6, which is what you're voting for, even if that's what they win... They got better without Bill. Yeah. Like that's like the Patriots immediately. No, they should be better. When Brady left, the Patriots immediately dropped off by five wins and, you know, weren't getting to the playoffs anymore. Hardly. They got their max rookie year, but three out of four years they missed the playoffs. Like even winning a couple of more games without Bill, the narrative is going to keep turning against him, which is a point I've made before. They better win seven or eight games. This cannot be another three or four win team. Even five or six, that's horrible. Horrible. They were really bad two years ago. And they won eight games with Mac Jones, right? Am I misremembering that? Was it eight two years ago? Yep. Yeah, yeah, but when you're talking they about this, eight, they were eight and nine I'm, in 2022. They should, they, bare minimum, they should get back to that. And if you knock it out of the park with the right quarterback at three, and you sign 
Mike Evans and trade for Steph Diggs, or you get a quarterback in the second round and bring in uh, Calvin Ridley, you're a 9 or 10 win team and you're in the playoffs. It's that easy. I don't think it's that easy because you have a lot of guys in here. Um, if we're just talking about the moves that they've made so far, you have guys in here on the coaching staff who are doing their jobs for the first time. And even in the 53-year-old you brought in, he's going to be doing part of his job for basically the first time if if Alex Van Pelt is the guy calling your plays. Do you think he's going to be worse than Patricia and Judge? You hated Patricia and Judge. you think he's going to be worse than Patricia and Judge? Um, first of all, you didn't work with me when we were discussing Patricia I, and Judge. So I, worked you with you, I worked with you all last offseason, and all I heard about was how much they screwed over Mac Jones they and how did. bad the coaching was. I didn't think O'Brien would be worse than Patricia okay. and Judge. Well, okay. So, so they, they, might, they might be, but for, for all the people who thought that Patricia and Judge ruined Mac, like, do you think this guy's going to be worse? No. Okay. I don't think he's going to be worse, but okay. at the same well, time. Well, they won eight games with those two. Would you say that that team was on had the right trajectory? No. I no. don't either. So, like, it's to me, it's different. If you're a six-win team, but you have a trajectory where it looks like, I don't know, where the Lions were at a couple years ago or where you feel like you have a quarterback who's like uh, Justin Herbert or a situation like that, I take that with six wins over two years ago, the eight-win team that they had. Like, it, having eight wins doesn't mean that you've exploded into this success story compared to last year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think I don't define... But I'd rather have eight than six. I know this sounds so lame, but I think your team really sucks right now. So, I don't define the success of the season necessarily by having eight wins versus six wins versus ten wins. Ten wins would be incredible. I'd be like, wow, this is the greatest rebuild of, like, recent history. But I'd rather have six wins and the quarterback than eight wins and, like, crap, we're going to be on this carousel again. How, how many teams won fewer than six games last year? Five. Washington, Arizona, Carolina, you, and the Chargers. Only five teams won less than six games. Like that, it's not that hard to not be a bottom five. You think it's a bottom five team next year? Yeah, I do. Ugh. I, they shouldn't be that bad, Mego. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I just am trying to look at it realistically. And this is like, I, I'm making this prediction thinking that they're taking a quarterback at number three. Like, if you're taking a rookie quarterback and look at what you have, you have a bare-bones system around. I don't even know what system you're running. I guess you're running some kind of Mike McCarthy offense. Mm -hmm. You know, none of this really inspires a ton of confidence to me. Even if it's a rebuild that takes two years, it's going to take two years. You're not going to be in the playoffs this year. I don't think you're going to be an 8-10 to 10 win team. I think that's like pretty high, like pie-in-the-sky thinking. I mean, there's some bad teams that won eight games last year. You know, the Raiders won eight. The Broncos won eight. Uh, do, you in think the, the, do you think the teams the in your Vikings, division are going to be Bears, that much worse? The Falcons, the Jets, like those are, those are all teams in that 7-8 window. Those aren't good teams. Do you think every team in your division is going to be worse than they were this year? Uh, the Jets should be better. Mm -hmm. I bet the Dolphins and Bills could be worse, yeah. They could be. I mean, the Bills were the two seed. The Dolphins started however they started last year. Would you be think... surprised if either of those teams got worse? Um, I would not I would be surprised if the Dolphins got notably worse. The Dolphins and Bills had the same record, right? Didn't they finish with the same record? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, but the Dol but the Bills ended up as the two seed, right? Am I misremembering that? No, they both, you're right. No, you're right. They both, both won 11 games. 11 and 6, yeah. Okay. We all think that Diggs might be leaving the Bills. Does that make them better? No, definitely not. Okay. Um, but if they replace him with somebody, which let's be honest here, if the Patriots and the Bills are both looking to sign Mike Evans or both looking to sign, you know, uh, one of those guys, then they'll probably want to go to Buffalo and play with Josh Allen than whoever your rookie quarterback is or whoever it is that you have starting there. If you completely blow everybody away with money, fine. But you don't have that much money. Like, you can't, you know, it's not like you have bottomless pockets. You're going to have to cut uh, your spending at some point, and I just think they're going to have trouble with that. Okay. What do you expect from the Patriots this year? You guys are both at five or six wins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That's what I expect. That means, <laughs> you're, a, that means you're a bottom five team. I know. That you're, means you're, you're a bottom really five team. Jones. No, six wins. You're a really bad team this year. Like, really, really bad. I don't think just banishing Bill Belichick off to TV or wherever yeah. he goes this offseason is going to magically turn you into a 10-win team. Like that, not. That, That's not enough. Subtracting Bill and, and subtracting Mac. That seems to be the only like meaningful change that they've made overall. Well, no, Mac. So, like, subtracting well, Bill, TBD, subtracting Mac. Jones? Yeah, nope. TBD. They haven't, but they better. Subtracting Bill and subtracting Mac, yeah. I, Hello. like, by default, you're going to win a couple extra. You're going to run into a couple extra games just by default doing that. Uh, so you can vote at Jones and Mego. How many wins do you expect from the Patriots this year? You Frady cats like these two, five or six wins, bottom five team. Uh, that's up now. Uh, your options, three to four, five or six, seven or eight, or nine and ten wins. Uh, you can vote there. We'll get to your feedback. 617-779-7937. I do want to get into the quarterbacks at the top of the draft and a little bit on Elliot Wolf's drafting track record, which is interesting, about how he's attacked the top of these drafts. And this this would scare me off on the Patriots and turning their year around and not bottoming out a season ago and fixing things. Elliot Wolf's drafting track record. He's never been a GM, but the places he's been, that would scare me a little bit. We can get to it right after trending with Christian Art. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If I didn't know anything else about them, nothing, it's Jaden Daniels all day long for me. Mm-hmm. All day. There's a gap from Caleb to Jaden, and then there's a gap to me from Jaden to Drake May. Mm. So I'll tell you, th- this is, this is going to be very, very interesting. But Caleb has, is definitely, there's a gap, a significant gap. Lewis Riddick on Get Up today on ESPN. Caleb Williams, gap. Jaden Daniels, gap. Then Drake May, number three. So there's a lot of that going on. We're just talking about this off the air, Mego, because your commanders are drafting number two. A lot of discussion about, well, has Jaden Daniels passed Drake May? Which I'm not totally buying. I like Drake May better than the other quarterbacks in the draft, so maybe that's why. And it's Jones and Mego with Arkin here on WEEI. Uh, what the Patriots do with the draft is going to inform a lot of what you expect out of them this year. And I see a lot of people on Twitter were saying this. I see it in the Twitch chat now. Well, why are we predicting wins before we even know what the roster looks like? 
Because it's something to do. Well, no, it's just, what do you expect them to do? Do you expect them to draft a well, quarterback who can contribute? Do and you expect them to sign people in free agency? What well, is your threshold for success for the team? Yeah, I mean, to me, I said seven or eight win. They better win seven or eight win, uh, games this year. They better win seven or eight. It's not that hard to win seven or eight games. It's just not. Did the Colts have a winning record last year? I just backed out of it. But, like, the Colts lost their quarterback, lost their running back, and still won nine games or whatever it was last year. Like, it's really not that hard to do. So get some receivers, draft a quarterback. And so I want to know now what people's what expectations are for next year. Say it again. What about the offensive line? What about it? I mean, can well, you name their you offensive line? Well, if you have a line? rookie quarterback there, I think you're going to need to shore up the offensive line at least a little bit, even if you have somebody who's fully team feet. Like, you do need to use probably some of that free agency money on at least one tackle yeah, who's actually going to play. And then maybe you use some more on a receiver or two receivers. Fine. And then you have a rookie quarterback. Build it how you want, then. Build you're, like your- putting, you're, you're, you're putting your offense together from scratch. Yeah. That's why I think it's not going to be more than a six-win team. And I know that that sounds super pessimistic. It does. I just think that that's where you're at. And if, But it but it still can be a place where things are on the upswing. Like, you're moving in the right direction. You're going from four wins to six wins. And that maybe doesn't you sound have like a, much of a difference have, to me. I would, I'll say this. I would much rather have a six-win team with a quarterback that looks like freaking C.J. Shroud or Justin Herbert um, I don't know. It's like hard with Drake May when you hear all the Josh Allen comparisons because then it's like, do you give him three or four years to develop? I don't know. But just in this hypothetical, if you have a guy like that and you have six wins and you have a receiver under contract for a couple more years, like I, I feel, I would feel better about that than you have eight wins and again you're you have some quarterback who's quietly sitting on the bench and you don't know who he is like a Trey Lance type and you have some Jimmy Garoppolo type in front of him who's winning eight games for you like that's to me where you just feel like you're in purgatory and going back into the draft with some middling pick again yeah I'd use the Colts again like I like the Colts won nine games with Gardner Minshew last year and they have a quarterback they took in the top five like I'd feel good about that trajectory for them uh so how many wins do you expect out of the Patriots this year you can vote three or four five or six seven or eight and nine or ten I'll feel a lot different if they have the quarterback. And they should take the quarterback. We spent a lot of time yesterday. Would they take a tackle at three? Uh, that's what Jeff Howe passed along at the Athletic based on the track record of Elliot Wolf and people who know Elliot Wolf. Uh, Greg Bedard added today, and I don't like this. This is at the Boston Sports Journal. The Patriots could be in a powerful position with the third overall pick. That's the feeling among executives in Mobile. Somebody is going to see Marvin Harrison Jr. as the final piece and come up for him. But they might go past the Patriots to number two, said one exec. So I've said this before. If you don't believe in the quarterbacks, that's one thing. I like them. But if you don't, you don't. People are going to covet, I think, someone like Marvin Harrison, maybe Drake May, maybe Jaden Daniels. That's a valuable pick. I just I don't like I don't like hearing about taking tackles and trading down when the obvious thing that this team needs is a quarterback. Because I guarantee you, if they don't draft a quarterback, they they will be a 3-4 win team and a bottom five team and a team that feels like is going nowhere. And it's going to be a three- or four-year rebuild. That's a good way to guarantee a three- or four-year rebuild. Draft a tackle. That's a good way to guarantee it. Quarterback? Might hit, might not. That's a way to turbocharge your rebuild, a la Houston, a year ago. So... I just don't like that indication coming out of Mobile. Like, we leave the Senior Bowl and we're hearing about a tackle at three and we're hearing about trading the number three pick because people covet Marvin Harrison. If the league covets Marvin Harrison and you don't like the quarterbacks, why not just take him? 
If if the league is coveting one of these quarterbacks and they're coming up to get them, maybe you should think about why you're passing on a quarterback that other teams covet. Well, how do you know that the league is coveting them? Because all these teams are putting out information and whether the information is like... If somebody's trading up to number three for a quarterback, that tells me they covet them. I'm Mm -hmm. just going in the Bedard thing. I'm just going off what Bedard wrote. But if somebody's trading up for one of the quarterbacks, they like them. That's why they came up for them. So I'm going to turn this over to Arcan because I'm mostly in step with you, at least on spending that number three pick where they're spending it. So Arcan, what would your response to that be? I don't think that you want them to take a tackle at number three. But the argument not to take a quarterback there and to keep the number three pick. Well, if he, if that's what you think is going to happen, if you think that two quarterbacks are going to go one and two, and you want one of those, then we shouldn't be we should be having a conversation about why you're not trading up to number one, right? Like if Drake May is the one that you really like, and that's who it's all about, then you shouldn't be picking a third period because May is probably going to go in the top two. So really, I mean, if that's if that's what you guys are so dead set on, if you're so dead set on Drake May, then I'm well, what if, I'm thinking that's what you would be wanting to talk about if you right know, now. What if you know Williams is going one? And if what you know if Williams you know, is going one, what if you, you know Washington? Two, then, but whatever, you trade out of three. What if, what if you know? What if you know Daniels is going two? Okay, well, that's a risk that you're taking, then, isn't it? Drake May and Caleb Williams have been one and two basically this entire time. That could change. Uh, people go up and down the draft board. I understand that, but you know, do you want to just get whoever falls to you at three, or do you really want one of those two? And if you really want to make sure no one else gets them, don't you trade up to number one? Yeah, sure. I'd love for them to trade up to number one and take a quarterback. I personally would love that, but they don't need to do that if they know Drake May isn't going one. Uh, here's how people have voted thus far at Jones and Mego. Uh, the prevailing wisdom agrees with Arcan and Mego. Five to six wins, forty-six percent. Sorry, <laughs> they should they should win at least seven or eight games. Twenty-seven percent voted for that. Nineteen percent say three or four. Do you know how bad three or four wins is? Yeah, we just saw it. Like, yeah. do you really understand how bad that is? Though that's like tanking. Exactly to do that two years in a row. That's inept. I mean, that, and then we really would look at ownership and what the hell they're doing. And I'm already, I already got one eye on them and what they're doing. But like, people really expect three or four wins. 7% say nine or 10. I couldn't even bring myself to vote nine is the expectation, but I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. And they better win seven or eight games this year. However, some of the scuttlebutt coming out of the Senior Bowl. And then this, we looked this up in a break yesterday and we never discussed it on air. But Elliot Wolf's track record in Green Bay, if you will. Never been a GM. Assistant director of pro personnel, director of player personnel, director of pro personnel, player personnel, football operations, blah, blah, blah. Never the GM. But while he was in Green Bay, here's how they drafted. Tell me if you notice a trend. Okay. Ahmad Carroll, cornerback, 2004. Aaron Rodgers, I like that one, in 2005 at pick uh, 24. A.J. Hawk, linebacker, in 2006. Justin Harrell, D-tackle, 2007. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He did not have a first-round pick in 2008. This feels familiar. B.J. Raji, D-tackle, 2009. Oh, dear. 2010 and 2011, they took offensive linemen Brian Ooh. Balaga and Derek Sherrod. Then 2012, Nick Perry, edge rusher, 28. Uh, 2013, Dayton Jones, edge rusher, 26. 2014, HaHa Clinton Dix, safety, 21. Nice. Demarius Randall, safety, 2015. Kenny Clark, good player, D-tackle at 27 and 2016. Kevin King, corner in 2017. They took a defensive guy every year. <laughs> they they So they took three offensive players across all those drafts. Three offensive players in the first round. There were other drafts. I think one year Jordy Nelson was their highest pick, but he was a second rounder. Okay. It was three offensive players. Two were offensive linemen. One was Aaron Rodgers, really good pick. Uh, and then all defense. That's his track record in the first round. And when they drafted super high, 
the fifth overall pick, it was A.J. Hawk. But you say that's his track record. At the same time, you're not going to give him credit for picking Aaron Rodgers because no, he's just, not the one who's necessarily making the picks. Let that's me the drafts he was somewhat, somehow involved with. That's the organization he was with and the school of thought he has stemmed out of, right? Yeah. That's, that's you know, the, the Ron Wolf branch. Uh, that he is very much connected to. Now you don't know he might That's have how been, they drafted. He might have been in the corner of the room, you know, like sweating and cussing and being like, he might have "Take been. this receiver, come on." How about uh, in eighteen and nineteen when he left? They took Baker Mayfield first overall in twenty eighteen, which means they passed on Josh Allen and Lamar among other quarterbacks. Uh, they took Greedy Williams in twenty nineteen. That's another corner. This is when he moved over to Cleveland, yeah, for the two years in Cleveland. Never mind how they've drafted the last few years here. Oh, sorry, who was the second name? Greedy Williams, corner. Okay. And so. actually, scratch that. That was a second-round pick. So he was only one one first-round pick in Cleveland. So scratch that. That was a second-round pick. But it was a quarterback. It so, was. There's that. Okay, so you think- so he's, he's involved with two quarterbacks, and they're both still starters in since, the league. Since 2004, yeah. Although <laughs> Baker, Baker Mayfield is on what? His third team? His fourth team? Yeah. Hey, our kid fourth, would take him. Fourth team. And maybe his fifth if he doesn't stay in Tampa Bay. So that's the track record. I, I got to be honest, I don't love it. I don't love the look of that whatsoever. There is one thing I do like about what? it. What? And that is that he finds good receivers in the second round. He found Adams in the second round, and he found Cobb in the second round. Uh, both years where they drafted a defensive guy first. But uh, Jordy Nelson, too. They it, found Jordy Nelson as well. And yeah, and he was a second rounder. That's true. But it was a, their first pick. But like that that at least shows that he has an eye for wide receiver that no one had here in 20 years other than Dion Branch. Yeah, so again, let me just make it clear. He wasn't the GM. I, I don't know how much credit right. we can give him. But the philosophy in Green Bay pretty much every year was defense. And I, I don't love that. Excited? I don't love that at the top of the draft. I'm not excited, Robert. No. I'm really curious what his role in the draft exactly is going to be. Because if you look at the way that things seem to play out over the recent weeks, like, for example, reportedly it was Matt Groh who was down at the Senior Bowl and Elliot Wolf was back here interviewing offensive coordinator candidates and candidates for other coaching roles alongside Drod Mayo. So, like, how much of his role is going to be kind of overseeing all of this, doing free agency, helping out organizing the coaching staff, helping Gerard Mayo along, like all this organizational stuff versus who's in the freaking war room, like for the draft, who's working the draft board, who's working with the scouts, who has all the info, who's orchestrating trades on draft night, if that is something that's going to happen. Is this rhetorical or do you want an answer? I, no, I'm, I'm saying, like, to me, I don't know that Elliot Wolf is going to be that guy. And I, I wonder if he is. I know. Wolf, 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 No, no, no. I was just getting getting I thought you've been working on your Wolf. It sounded better yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, I noticed. Yeah, it's, I think it's, you're just getting used to it's it. It's regressed a little bit. <laughs> okay. So. Get a relapse. Because yeah, here's well, it's what like it, it's Tuesday. You know, on Monday, you know, you had a good, you were rested for the weekend. You could really practice it. But by Tuesday, you started to lose a little okay. bit. Okay. So work with me here. Because why do you think that it's coming out? I mean, look, it's coming out because Jeff Howe's a good reporter and he talks to people and he's connected. Why do you think someone's telling Jeff Howe that Elliot Wolf is thinking about, that was a horrible one, Elliot Wolf is thinking about taking a tackle. Don't be surprised if yeah. Elliot Wolf is in control that he takes a tackle at number three. I told you yesterday, I reiterated earlier today, uh, I wonder if Elliot Wolf is distancing himself from the pick. Like, hey. Don't, don't look at me when they take one of these quarterbacks who isn't ready. Look at Jonathan and Robin Glazer, who I think are going to be running football lobs to answer your question. But I think he might be distancing himself from the pick already. Yeah. Like, hey, I, guys, I, don't think I want to tackle. totally off there because I think if you look at what it looks like, Elliot right now has never had no one man has had this much power since you left Bill Belichick out there. Like he's his connections are the ones that are hiring your offensive coordinator and now Ben McAdoo's. 
in the building with you. Like, it seems like a, he's wielding a lot of relationships out here. I know you're laughing, you're shaking your head. No, I bet I could do, yes. Okay, so I think that Elliot Wolf is looking more and more like whatever the closest thing to a GM that they're going to have there. I don't know what Matt Groh's going to do or how much responsibility he's going to own, but publicly facing and probably within their organization, Elliot Wolf knows that if they take a quarterback that high and the quarterback looks like a bust in the first two years, if they have Zach Wilson, he'll lose his job. He's out of his job. Yeah, he's totally out. I think he's already distancing himself from the pick. Or maybe it's bluster. Maybe he's just playing the game uh, to, to drive up the value of the, the pick. I have no idea. Uh, one more thing here before we get back to your phone calls. Um, it was from Jeremy Fowler. Uh, he wrote about some teams that could be looking to trade up. And I didn't like this either. The Raiders at 13 might be a team to watch. What? So, so the Patriots are moving from 3 to 13? That's too far. New coach Antonio Pierce is a big fan of Jaden Daniels from their days together at ASU. And word is Pierce evaluated offensive coordinators with the loose possibility of Daniels in mind. People around the league are keeping an eye on the Vikings at 11 as well. That's better, but still, it's a long drop. They did a lot of quarterback homework last offseason and could eventually target one high in the draft if Kirk Cousins leaves, blah, 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 blah. Those are teams looking to move up. So that's how far you're dropping down in the draft. To 13. 11 or 13, yes. <laughs> so what are you getting? A tackle. Your next Dayton Jones or whatever. Yeah, maybe a tackle. I think that's what that's what that looks like. And how do you feel if the Raiders swoop in and they take Jaden Daniels at number three and you get a tackle at 13? I'm sorry. I'm just asking you. Does that inspire confidence? Do you feel like that's no. just the biggest brained operation and you no. feel so good about the future? No, Seems Marvin like something Bill would have done. No, uh, Jaden Daniels. It does. I would, revise, I would revise my answer down to three or four wins for this team, uh, which you can vote at Jones and Mego. How many wins do you expect from the Patriots this year? Three or four, five or six, seven or eight, or nine or ten. Uh, look, if they don't like the quarterbacks, they should be driving up the value for that pick. Maybe that's all Elliot Wolf is doing. But I like the quarterbacks, and I hope to God they take one. Uh, what do you guys think? Let's start it off with Tony in Worcester today. Go ahead, Tony. Okay, three to four games. Three to four games. No quarterback. Where are you, Tony? Tony, where are you? What's going on in the background there? Checking out of a checking out of a Home Depot and picking up some screws. Oh, nice. Are you getting everybody? Everybody? Anybody got takes there at the Home Depot? Anybody else uh, got want to vote? (laughs) I'm not sure. I want to talk to anybody here right now. Fair. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah. So, what are we going to do now? Draft a quarterback? I don't like any of these quarterbacks. I don't. I don't really think either any of them are a, a done deal. And if we draft, draft one of these kids with the offensive line that we have and the receiving core that we have, this kid's going to get killed. He is going to get mangled, and he might be psychologically damaged for the rest of his career. Yeah, he might be. That's not a reason to pass on one, in my estimation. <laughs> I mean, he, I, I'll hear that argument. Like, wait, like Arkan, when he says that he's watched these quarterbacks and he doesn't like any of these top three, like none of them look like they're going to have a real career in the NFL as a starter. I'll hear that. But it, yeah. I, then I say, okay, so then what do you do with the number three pick? Are you that high on Marvin Harrison Jr. where you're going to use it on that? Or do you actually then want to use it as capital to trade down to 11 or 13 and take a tackle or take another receiver there. Yeah. And maybe you go get your quarterback in the second round or you decide that you're going to go get somebody like Jacoby Brissett. I don't really believe in the ruining the kid. I don't really believe in that. Like, did they ruin Mac or was Mac yes. just that mentally fragile? I and think it was a little column A and column B. I think it was more column B than column A. Like, did they put him in a position to succeed? No. But somebody who's a little tougher and can get through it might get through it. Like, did the Bills ruin Josh Allen? They threw him to the Wolves as a rookie. Is he ruined? 
No, yeah. but they also brought in Steph Diggs and drafted wide receivers. Sure. You know, they, they made, did things to help him the, out, and they did things to put him in a position. Correct me if I'm wrong. They made, the, they made the playoffs before they got Steph Diggs. Am I wrong uh, about they that? They may have, yes. I, I think I, they made the playoffs in year two with Josh sure. Allen, which is not year one. But, like, I don't know. People thought he was ruined and, you know, just this this quarterback who got thrown out there and wasn't ready. And it turns out now he's pretty good. Mac Jones made the playoffs year one. Sure. So, and then, But then what happened? Then he got ruined. Okay, I don't know. Josh Allen made it through the first year and got better year two, and then they got him some weapons and they started to take off. He still hasn't won. So to me, he had a real offensive coordinator developed. I don't too. really, I don't really believe they did. They gave him some weapons. I mean, they they went out and spent. Now, did they hit the same way that that uh, Steph Diggs did? No, they didn't give him a Steph Diggs. But his rookie year, he had some some okay weapons out there. We all liked the Hunter Henry signing. He had when they, did it, they lost in the wild card before. He had Jac- he, he had Jacoby Myers as well. Texans. Yeah. So thank you. Before they got Steph Diggs. So like, I don't really believe in the whole ruining the quarterback thing. Well, like an actual talented quarterback. How many of those have been ruined? Let, let me say it this way. I don't. I don't disagree with you but i wonder how much can you evaluate the quarterback if he's on his ass every every other snap okay getting hurt that's a little <laughs> now, different than being like mentally broken that's, that's yeah. a shanahan no no no, no that no that's that that's a quarterback who who got hurt i mean that that's more valid than like they psychologically ruined him or something i don't buy into that that's something that particularly happens with washington quarterbacks they <laughs> you know have a lot of devastating leg injuries but that's for another day but do you know what i'm saying like yes. so if you have a quarterback out there can you even <laughs> properly evaluate and see who he is is and develop him if the offensive line is totally in shambles and he's throwing to the guys that Mac was throwing to this year or some equivalency of that. Can you evaluate him? Yeah. No, I wouldn't feel good about evaluating that rookie. I mean, I would, but like I would say that's I, like you I give, give him, him more a time. chance. Yeah, I give know? him more time. Like I wasn't done with Mac after year one, but I started to question him and I was done with him after year two. I wouldn't give this quarterback a long leash, but if they run it back with the same thing. Yeah, I wouldn't feel good about that. Yeah, and to be honest, like I've They're totally, not I've totally come more towards that side. Just watching the NFL over the last couple of years, I feel bad about the churn that young quarterbacks go through. But at the same time, it does appear that for the most part, with these guys, you know within the first two years. And when you don't know, it's either because of some extenuating circumstance or they become a journeyman around the league. Yeah, it's the biggest red flag on Justin Fields to me, who I like. And if you're talking about giving up a, a third-round pick... And then you take Marvin Harrison. I know Arkan likes this approach. I like Justin Fields, but that's the biggest red flag on him. He's had three years, and he's been a starter on and off outside of injuries, and you don't know what he is. And usually, if you don't know by now, they're not good. 617-779-7937. I see you lining up on our big question of the day. How many wins is a reasonable expectation for the Patriots this year? That goes into Elliott Wolf's track record at the draft. It's been mostly defense which doesn't exactly inspire going out and getting a franchise quarterback. Even when he was in Cleveland, you know, they had Baker Mayfield. They moved on from Baker Mayfield. He's on his fourth team now. And is Baker Mayfield a franchise quarterback or just an upgrade on Mac Jones? I don't know. You can uh, dial us up, 617-779-7937. Plus, we found out that Jalen Brown might, might be ready to save All-Star Weekend. Let's get to that with all your thoughts next. More of Jones and Mako on WEEI. Sources tell me Boston Celtics All-NBA All-Star Jalen Brown is seriously considering participating in the slam dunk contest at All-Star Weekend this month. Later this week, the league will announce the full list of participants for All-Star Saturday night, and Brown has been mulling over the possibility for several weeks and appears to be very much in play. That was Sham Sharanya last night. 
Jalen Brown to the dunk contest. You win, Mego? I am so 100% in. Let's go. Arcand? Are you kidding me? This would be the greatest thing ever. Well, I'm, not not, gra- I'm not kidding. It's not the greatest it thing the to great, even happen to the dunk Ar- contest. Arcand, Ar- relax. To, this would be about... Arcand, you're going too hard oh, now. Rela- you were just screaming and yelling. Come on. <laughs> About the Petey Pablo in there. Talking about she sheds. Uh, what break. I think is uh, that this, if this happens, this could be a step towards getting the uh, dunk contest back to being an important thing because it hasn't been for years and years now. It's okay. been kind of a joke. I can't imagine the dunk many- contest ending world hunger, uh, <laughs> eradicating cancer. No, no, no. Right. No, I agree. Uh, same power rankings. Fix the dunk contest first. Then we can worry about, you know, uh, solving world hunger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, we'll get to the Middle East, World War Three. Yeah, curing any kind of disease. Let's let's fix the dunk contest first. I it agree all with trickles that. down from the dunk contest, really. <laughs> right. I think something we can all agree on is fixing that. So the only thing I don't love is that he's still mulling it over. Like if you hear from Shams there, it's like it's not a decision. Like, are you doing it or are you not? Was this a trial balloon? I would love Jalen Brown in the dunk contest. And I think the NBA can do way better than Jalen. But at least here in Boston, that's interesting. And that's a pretty big star. That's an it's all-star start. in the dunk contest. So you know my solution. I've said this many times. I've been saying it for years. Here's how you fix it. Get the players' union on board, and you can grandfather in all the players that are already in it, and you're just screwing over future rookies, and I guarantee the players' union would go along with this if you gave them some kind of trade back. Anybody in their rookie, it's written into your contract that the league can force you into the draft contest once in your career. One time they ask you, you have to do it, unless you're hurt or something like that. You have to do it. And again, you're just screwing over future players. The union does this all the time. Jalen Brown, LeBron, everybody in the league right now will be grandfathered in. It's all the new contracts going forward. So any rookie at one point in their career, you can be forced to go, compelled to go, and you have to do it. That would fix the dunk contest like that. If you could put every good player in it once, and who knows, maybe they do it and they like it. LeBron's been worried about being embarrassed in it, and everybody's followed him ever since. So LeBron doesn't want to lose it because then he's less of a player or less of a man or whatever, so he won't do it. And it's ruined the dunk contest because LeBron should have done it by now. And so if Jalen does it, that'd be great. I I like Jalen. I think Jalen's more competitive than guys like Tatum. Uh, And so I think this is a sign of that on some level. Not that the dunk contest is the end-all be-all, but he's not afraid. He's not afraid to go out there and put himself out there and maybe lose a dunk contest. I don't think Jalen's afraid if he actually does it. You know who's afraid? Mego? Celtics fans, at least one prominent Celtics fan. I was reading Barstool Greeny. Over at, uh, or Stool Greeny, rather, at Barstool Sports. Stooley Greenberg. Stooley Greenberg. Thank you, Perk. Thank you, Perk. Uh, Does Wick step in and shut it all down, given how important of a year this is? Or does he see it as another way to market his team and his best players? Does Brad shut it down? It's one thing if we're talking about the three-point contest. The dunk contest is a different story. There technically is way more potential for something to go wrong. (laughs) And I just don't know if it's even (laughs) worth it. Let Mac McClung, I thought it was Max McClung, let Mac McClung do some cool stuff and call it a day. I, just, I can't believe Celtics fans are that wussy about maybe saving All-Star Weekend in the dunk contest. You think he's going to get hurt? I, li- I hear a lot of bad takes. That's one of the worst I've heard in years. I'm not even kidding. The dunk contest is too dangerous yes. for Jalen Brown? Uh-huh. Yeah, think of oh, all the injuries last year. What could go wrong? Uh, he trips on his way to the trampoline. Like, what are we talking about? This is so ridiculous. It's All-Star Weekend. It would be such a good move for Jalen Brown. He's been a leader in the NBA uh, PA for like five years now, a vice president, or held other titles in it. He has a Supermax contract now. Like, 
like for him to go out there and do that, and especially if then the Celtics win the championship, like he his star will never be brighter than it is right now. And so for him to go and do it sets an excellent example for something that used to be so much fun for All-Star Weekend. It used to be the moment for All-Star Weekend, and it really hasn't been there for anywhere between 8 and 10 years. Like, you can argue about when you think the last time the dunk contest held real weight or was actually entertaining. Everybody kind of has their year. We don't need to go through that. We've done that before. But I think this would be a really cool moment from Jalen and maybe set an example for other guys around the league who look to someone like Jalen, especially in the union, going like, well, what's something that people who I respect in the league are doing? Okay. Kudos to Jalen. No, it's not it. too dangerous. Don't give him kudos yet. He might no, not I'm do it. I'm saying if he does it. If it's not too it. dangerous. I don't want to hear that. No, Brad should never step in. No, Wick is not going to step in. Like, that is so ridiculous. Okay. I will say, if he, like, blows out an Achilles or something like that in the dunk contest, I, I reserve the right to rip them. Uh, but I'll say I was wrong about it. I will say it will be, an, it will be say, a noble injury. I'll say I was wrong and I wanted him in the dunk contest, and then uh, maybe you guys should have thought about this. Uh, 617-779-7937. Do you want Jalen in the dunk contest, or are you afraid? You know two players have ever been injured in the dunk contest? No. Um, one of them was Tracy McGrady okay. in nineteen ninety or in 2000. What did he do? Injured his wrist. Okay. And in 1995... Hang on, hang on, but like what, did he miss time? I don't know. He probably tried to put his wrist... You know, remember when uh, Vince Carter put his... Do I remember? Through? Yeah, it was the yeah. best dunk contest no, ever, yeah. McGrady probably tried to do something like that, and he hurt his wrist. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it was, but... Uh, Wait, Tony, he missed like a week, or did he miss the rest of the year? I would want to know. Uh, yep. And he hurt his wrist. That's what it says. Tony Dumas in uh, 1995 hurt his knee performing the Texas Twister. I want to note this. <laughs> Ooh. Do not look that up on the way yeah, computer. Please, yeah, seriously. Especially yeah. with Debbie Those are the Dallas. only two ever to get injured in the dunk um, contest. 978 on the text line says that JB hurt his hand last year dunking and it bothered him in the playoffs or either the year before and he, he got bad hammies. He gave himself a concussion dunking No, he, he didn't hurt his hand. He hurt his hand so trying afraid? to block a shot. No. Ryan, you're not afraid. God, okay, no. go. I thought you were one of these who were afraid. You're you're a scared of Jalen Brown in the dunk contest? Do you pretend like he doesn't dunk in games? No, he does. But, like, one is, in fairness, one is meaningless, and the other is, like, you got to go out there and play in the games. You get hurt commuting to the garden every night this driving is bad. around this that, stupid This city. is a bad take for the NBA. Trying to make guys like Jalen Brown look too soft for the dunk contest. Get out of here. Okay. I don't like it. Well, I hope Jalen Jalen just... wants to do it. Let Jalen dunk. Well, Let Jalen dunk. Does Jalen want to do it? Well, we're going to find out. I hope he wants to do it. He should want to do it. 617-779-793. Jalen Brown does this, I'll never make fun of him going left again <laughs> until June. I will. How embarrassing when he goes to try to dunk and he can't dribble his left hand going to the <laughs> basket. Up, the just flying out into the, uh, <laughs> so you can jump in on this. Jalen Brown in the dunk contest. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Or uh, do you opt out of it altogether because you're too afraid? Are you too afraid to give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down? You might strain your thumb. Uh, our buddy Jonathan is in Randolph. Go ahead. Uh, hey, guys. I'm, uh, I want to call and uh, talk about the the draft pick, the Patriots draft pick. And Go for it. So uh, with um, number three, um, I don't know if they should take a quarterback. They probably should. That's not my point. My point is what I don't want them to do is take a tackle and then think they can just get their guy in the second or third round. Like, I don't want Bo Nix. I don't want, God forbid, J.J. McCarthy. I'd rather no quarterback drafted and get some free agent than some guy who's going to be this just not going to work out. Either go big with the risk at like Jordan Daniels or Drake May, or pass on the draft and, you know, wait for next year or something. I don't want Bo Nix or some second-rate guy. Okay, Arkin, that's your guy. 
Yeah, I mean, that's I don't, your plan. I don't, your plan at quarterback is Bo Nix. That would be my plan. Yes, if that's the way that uh, if that's the way that you want to go in the top three and not trade out of it, I would get the wide receiver there, and I'd get one of the quarterbacks who's available later on. If Nix is available, at your uh, your second round pick, you probably won't be. You probably have to trade back into the first to get any of those guys, Penix or Nix or you know McCarthy, any of those three. Uh, Nix is the one I like out of those three, so that's the one I'd prioritize. But yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. I don't think he's that much more second rate than any of the top three. Sam's on the Cape with uh, something I want to get to actually coming up. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, uh, how's it going? Yeah, I wanted to talk about a Bedard report I saw on Twitter earlier today about how in uh, 2017, when he was still with the Giants, he had Mahomes number one on his draft board and was, quote-unquote, very upset when they didn't draft him. And then in 2018, he had Josh Allen number one and Lamar Jackson number two. Okay. And I don't know if maybe that's part of the He also had Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen over Baker Mayfield in that draft. So I, I, I read this. Mark Daniels had a piece on it. I saw Bedard tweeting about it as well. Uh, maybe he wrote about it at Boston Sports Journal as well. I didn't see it if he did. Uh, but Daniels has a big takeout on this. That here's the spin we're now getting. That McAdoo, remember his terrible offenses in New York? They're actually not that bad. He knows quarterbacks because he loved Patrick Mahomes. He loved Josh Allen. He loved Lamar Jackson. Ryan, what did you write in our Slack channel? He also oh, loved... Oh, I bet he liked Kevin Durant over Greg Oden, too. <laughs> Guy's a genius. I, my intel is that he loved Tom Brady in the 2000 draft. So let's get to the coaching staff. Let's get to Ben McAdoo, the quarterback whisperer, apparently. You didn't know this? Ben McAdoo loves all the best quarterbacks in the league. So the Patriots are set. We'll do that with your phone calls next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.